Well, this afternoon I have with me Tom Primrose, who is the associate to His Honour Judge Turnbull, uh, District Court Judge in Bathurst area. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How long have you been in this role? Uh, so I started with Judge on his appointment, which was the 11th of February 2019, so I'm coming up to two and a half years. Great. And can you tell us how you came to be an associate and what were the steps uh, towards this job? Uh, so for me, it was more a case of just being in the right place at the right time. Um, law is actually my second round as a career. Uh, and um, I, when I was in my first year of um, law school, heard that there was a barrister looking for a, a PA to start in the following year. Um, that turned out to be Graham Turnbull SC, as he then was. Um, I ended up working for him from the start of my second year until about two years after I graduated um, uh, because there was a, a particular trial that was ongoing and I wanted to sort of see it through to the end because I realised that was going to be um, one of the biggest, if not the biggest case I ever worked on. Um, so I stayed with him for a while, then went into practice for about three years and I was actually instructing judge on a trial um, when he got the call saying he'd been appointed. Uh, and I'd always sort of said to myself, I would kind of know that I'd made it as a practitioner when I got to, if or when I got to instruct judge on a trial. So um, that was pretty exciting. And yeah, we were just out drinking and got called. Um, so for other people, I understand there's uh, approaches can be made to, um, to associates most frequently through email. I'd get a few, they've petered off a bit now because I'm not in Sydney. I assume Sydney judges still get a lot of them, but um, yeah, that's, that's really the way to go about it. Connect through the associates. All of those details are on the district court website. It must be a fascinating job, the things that you see every day. Do associates receive any special form of training or is it just on the job that you learn what to do? Um, a bit of both. So I started about a week before judge was actually appointed or sworn in rather. Um, and uh, because I was starting with associates to other judges who were being appointed at the same time they did a sort of bulk training lot where we had a couple of days of sitting in with um uh with other associates with their judges um just seeing how things run in court and then there were a couple of short courses on um uh the operating system that we use within the courts is called justice link um which is actually a program that was adopted from as i understand it, the canadian legal system um but we had a sort of crash course in that um, and in using the um, law courts library online system, but that was kind of it. That's fantastic. So tell me, uh, what does the typical day in, in the life of an associate and your work look like? Um, it can vary. Um, so when we're actually sitting, it can be quite relentless. We're usually, you know, in court constantly from about 10 until 4 aside from the, the break for lunch and morning tea. Uh, if we're trying to fit in uh, short matters around that, we will start as start at 9.30, sometimes nine o'clock and sometimes past four o'clock as well. Um, uh, you know, my, my day usually starts with getting judge a coffee actually. Um, but uh, yeah, from there, it can be, it can be quite varied. Um, if we're presiding, if judge is presiding over a trial, uh, that gives me an opportunity to do some chambers work while things are happening, particularly if it's a sluggish witness or, you know, nothing that's really, nothing that is really in contest. I don't really have to, to follow proceedings um, when that's happening. And that gives me an opportunity to catch up on the things that I often don't get a chance to do otherwise. Uh, but if we're doing short matters, I need to be on board all the time. Uh, 
So I imagine you'd have to have quite a number of personal attributes as well as professional attributes to do your job well. How would you identify those if you had to, I guess, write a job description and the attributes you need? Um, the ability to multitask is um, the biggest, is really the biggest one. Uh, and I'm not a natural multitasker. It's something that I had to work on. Um, uh, being able to change track quickly uh, and sort of keep your place where you were uh, in the in the previous task, you know, I might, if if I'm in a position to be setting my own targets for the day, you know, for example, when we are um, when there is a trial running, uh, you know, I can I can start with the tasks that I think are important, but you know, judge may have a different view, and I've just got to roll with that. Um, and I guess that's the biggest one. Um, having legal knowledge is obviously helpful. Um, it's only a recent uh, addition to the qualifications that that associates must actually have a legal qualification. I think that only happened last year. Um, but there are quite a few sort of um, older career associates who have been around for 20, 30, sometimes 40 years. Um, but uh, even though they've got no um, academic training, they're just as on ball um, as, as, you know, recent graduates um, because they have to be. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I can't even begin to imagine uh, trying to find the law and understand the law as an associate unless you do have some kind of legal training. So it, it's surprising it's only recently required. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the um, what the particular, uh, direct, uh, you know, um, intent was behind that. But yeah, the, the change has been made. So. So Tom, you are placed in Bathurst. Have you noticed anything about rural or regional practitioners as distinct from metropolitan practitioners? Um, they are generally more personable. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, the sample pool is much smaller here than it is in, in the city, having only sort of worked in the city as a practitioner for a while and then um, only spent maybe six months of 2019 in the city. Um, the practitioners do sort of feel a bit faceless just because there are so many of them. And um, not that it's a, 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 um, a, a you know, slide on any of the practitioners, but they don't seem to really be interested in um, engaging with the court staff. So uh, when we're out here, I've got to know certainly the regular appearing, regularly appearing practitioners quite well. Um, and yeah, we have nothing but lovely things to say about all of them. Well, that's good to hear. That's what we like to believe, but you never quite know if it's true. So I imagine your role requires you to undertake a considerable amount of legal research and work that assists his honour in writing judgments. Um, what does that look like for you? Um, so there's actually less of that sort of work than people might think. Um, that's more of a tip staff sort of role, um, but uh, district court judges, aside from the, the chief judge, don't actually get a tippy. Uh, and so as an associate, you, it's actually a clerical role. So um, you know, doing, doing more sort of recording of matters, making sure the court procedure runs smoothly, um, constantly connected to emails, that sort of thing. Um, I do get a chance to do it a little bit. And it is kind of one of the things that I, I do like doing because, you know, if I don't, if you don't flex those muscles, they don't, they kind of atrophy a bit. So um, I do get to do it, but not as much as people probably think. So the myth that associates write the judgments is not true? Uh, look, it probably depends on the judge. Um, I contribute, but yeah, certainly by no means I'm writing judgments. 
Tom, you have observed a large number of legal practitioners appearing in court over the years. What are some of the best things you've seen from the profession and what are some of the worst? Um, we can start with the worst. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there have been a couple of matters which have verged on just straight negligence of, um, of a representative. Um, uh, uh, there was one matter, uh, it was a trial in Sydney uh, where the um, defence counsel was cross-examining a sexual assault complainant um, on the, the final of a number of um, child sexual assaults uh, and put a photo before her and asked her details about the photo. Um, and then turned back to his notes and was not sort of watching on the screen while the witness was getting more and more distressed, uh, ostensibly being sat there with a photo in front of her of uh, the scene of her last rape. So um, his honour had to send the jury out and um, admonish the practitioner gently. We then took a break and resumed. Um, uh, another matter, um, defence counsel raised character in his closing address, which they were not entitled to do because uh, no evidence had been called about it. And also the um, punter had convictions for fraud. Uh, so that resulted in a Crown application to discharge the jury partway through defence closing. Uh, so that was the probably the most significant waste of court's time that, that I've seen in front of judge at least. Um, in terms of good advocacy, uh, the probably one of the best best things I've ever seen was a um, was practically getting to watch a masterclass on um, prior and inconsistent statement, which is a notoriously difficult area to cross examine in, especially when a witness is um, truculent and has their own agenda. For example, where they might be a um, a prison informant trying to get time off their sentence, and so they're trying to ramp up their evidence um, to increase their own benefit to themselves. Um, so that was that was a particularly impressive. It was nearly a full day of cross examination just to get one point out of the witness, but that was remarkable. Um, and occasionally, um, practitioners just come out with with submissions that you know they, they start with this sort of swelling vortex of of disparate points, and then they bring them all together, and it's a real surprise. And you just sort of um, you know you just have a penny penny dropping sort of moment. And um, yeah, it's quite exciting to see that happen. Um, there is one one thing that I think. I would be remiss not to mention because it's one of judges' um, peccadilloes is that uh, judge doesn't like the um, sort of personalising of submissions. So uh, a lot of particularly younger practitioners, although uh, it's not exclusive to them, um, will say, I think, or I agree, or I submit, um, where in judge's view, it's, it's much more appropriate um, to be saying the, the Crown submits and the defence submits or in the defence submission, that sort of thing. So I think he would be happy for me to uh, to uh, mention that in the, these circumstances. I think that's a really important point and it's good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I imagine that in court every day, the things that you see, some of them would be quite tragic, uh, quite shocking. How do you process and respond those sorts of things that you have to hear in court? Um, I think that personally uh, I have been it's a blessing or a curse, depending on the way you look at it, kind of blessed with a pretty good natural ability to compartmentalise. Um, I'm quite good at 
switching off when I need to. Um, I don't know whether that is a skill that can be learned because it, I just seem to sort of have it. Um, I know my ex-partner did not and um, she really struggled in practice and is now working in policy advice. Um, uh, so I, I don't know whether it's something that she really tried to cultivate, but um, it is. Uh, it, it really makes things much easier if you do have that ability or can work on that ability. Um, on the other, by the same token, you can go too far, sort of out the other side, which I realised I might have sort of encountered myself when a um, medical practitioner of some forty years standing who was advising on. Um, uh, post-mortem photos asked me to stop eating while we were doing it so um yeah you, you can sort of tilt, tilt the scales too far in the other direction um so yeah you may need to reel it in <laughs> it's a great example must have been a good sandwich <laughs> so tom here's a strange question what's the best book you've ever read um i read a lot less than i used to before law school um which is not an uncommon uh, comment among colleagues. Um, the best book, my favourite book is Flowers for Algernon by um, Daniel Keyes, which is, uh, in, if you haven't read it, it's a really fascinating exploration of um, the idea of, of man playing God and um, medicine in, you know, improving question mark our lives. Um, uh, also, um, you know, the intersection between intelligence and happiness um, also touches on morality, sexuality. It's a very rounded story and is possibly even more relevant in the 21st century than it was in the mid-20th when it was published. Um, otherwise, I quite like to read fairly um, light uh, content. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, as, as it's covered in the, in the previous question, I think um, there is a lot of traumatic material and you know, when you get home from work, if you're going to read something, you want to read something that is not at all related to that sort of um, field. I can understand that. That makes very good sense. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your work life and, and part of who you are with us, Tom. It's been really fascinating. I appreciate it. You're most it. welcome. Thank you.